The Biden campaign team says their plan for 2024 is to save democracy. He's the only candidate on the ballot in North Carolina right now, so there's that. Help Not Harm coming to South Carolina. We break down what that bill says, when you can hear about it, and you know what? Sometimes media portrays art, and in this case, the state newspaper does wonders for me (laughs) and makes my day. California, not only are they requiring gender-neutral toy aisles, they're also giving out free sex changes to illegal immigrants. That's right. Bring me your poor, your tired, your Your huddled masses, masses. and those seeking to chop off their genitalia. All of it today (laughs) on the Palmetto Family Matters Show. That's the line you don't really see on the bottom of the Statue of Liberty. It's right there. It's in really small print. You got to see it. Chop off Jim Tate. You'll see it next time you go. It's fine. Some people miss it. Welcome in to the Palmetto Family Matters show. I'm Justin Hall. He doesn't want to be Mitch Prosser right now. We started out with a bang today. He doesn't want to be Mitch Prosser. It is Friday, January 5th, in the year of our Lord, 2024. Ding. Today's program brought to you by I Believe SC. I Believe SC. License plates funded by Christians from across the state of South Carolina. You're going to want to get this license plate, share the gospel, while you're on the interstate. I mean, you're going to be stuck on Malfunction Junction anyway if you're here in Columbia. If you're in the upstate, you're going to be stuck on 85. You might as well share the gospel without even talking to anybody with your I Believe SC license plate. I Believe SC.net. The Biden campaign has announced their plan for 2024 and the campaign. This, according to The New Yorker, an election year has begun, and the signs point toward a tight presidential contest. Of the three national polls since January 1st, two show Joe Biden trailing Donald Trump by one point. The third shows the pair tied. And in a telephone call with reporters on January 2nd, top officials in Biden's re-election campaign discussed their political strategy. They mentioned abortion, mobilizing minority voters, and building an economy that benefits the middle class. You know, because we build from the middle end and the the bottom up. up But the overriding theme was that a Biden victory is essential to preserving our sacred democracy. The choice for voters, says Julie Chavez Rodriguez, will not simply be between competing philosophies of government. No, no, no. Quote, the choice will be about protecting our democracy and every American's fundamental freedom. We are running our campaign like the fate of our democracy depends on it because it does. Donald Trump tells us point blank. If he wins a second term, he will do everything he can to dismantle American democracy, strip Americans of their hard-fought and fundamental freedoms, and we should take him at his word. That's right. I'm going to be a dictator only on day one. Now, part of this... Donald Trump's never been given to hyperbole, has he? <laughs> part of this is Donald Trump trolling everybody, right? Uh, let's just be honest. He's kind of a meme king. Okay? <laughs> Go fat um, He He will troll. Uh, and he's doing a good job of that. The problem is, Mitch, we are now... And I was talking to can somebody... Can you isolate it to one? No. Here's, 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 what, here's the thing. Here's the thing. Here's the thing. I was talking to some folks last night after our men's Bible study, and I just made it abundantly clear. I do expect, I, I do anticipate. Your church doesn't yet hold people's Bible studies? Persons? Correct. Bible. correct. It's it, oh, persons, persons with Y chromosomes. Okay. Um, 
There is going, and and I, I want to be careful what I'm about to say. Oh dear! I'll tell you off air the exact quote. Oh dear! Um, I said, but there will be an attempt to completely remove Donald Trump from not just the ballot in 2024. Um, they're going to do everything they can to not keep him on there. Here's why: democracy. Um, and, oh, by the way, today's January 5th. It's uh, January 6th Eve. Hopefully, you have hung all of your buffalo horn hats. And you're ready to. You've left Tang and what was it? Tang and cookies out for Tang and cookies out for orange claws. Um, hopefully, you are prepared to celebrate the third edition of our nation's best federal S- holiday next to Juneteenth. Since um, since 2020, I have said, and I haven't been alone in saying sure. that the left will stop at nothing to eliminate the threat of Donald Trump in a second-term presidency. And they will stop at nothing. And and that could mean removing Joe Biden from the ballot as it, well. Very well could. And I think the, that could still happen. The latest, um, as reported by Daily Wire in their Morning Wire segment, are the charges, uh, not yet charges, but allegations of inappropriate receiving and processing of gifts by Trump and his family which while to less in office. Th- which have amounted to less than Joe Biden in his time. As well, I mean, the big guy, he gets a cut from whatever, you know, um, the art sales, uh, the artist, sure. artist or art salesman? Art salesman. Okay. Whatever. He, he doesn't paint? No. Okay. Well. <laughs> uh, he colors outside the lines. <laughs> That's who he is. Uh, so, you know, to... To say that, I, 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 my guess is, my guess, Justin, is that the left has several other tactics and strategies lined up mm-hmm. to discredit, besmirge, and ultimately try to eliminate the threat of Donald Trump's presidency, yes. second term. And buyer beware, mm-hmm. this... Um, primary season from the Iowa, the Hawkeye Cockeye. Cockeye is a plural I, for caucus. Yeah, I'm sure it is. Um, we just need to pay attention. We need to know what we're doing, what we're getting into. And I'm not saying don't support a candidate. I'm not saying do support a candidate. We will never make an endorsement from Palmetto family except to say, Vote biblical values. Vote biblical values. The Biden campaign, he is in uh, Valley Forge today, or he will be. Probably not now. I is mean, he kneeling beside a horse? He he wouldn't get back up. Is there snow on the ground? This reminds me. Do you remember you mentioned kneeling? Remember that time where he almost tripped on stage and he turned around and he went, it, it, oh, it, it's a black, and that's it. Um, <laughs> I just, think he meant a block. I think he meant like a brick or block on the stage. Did you see or the time wire. where he's in Delaware, I think, and he stops to talk to reporters while wearing my child's bicycle helmet, sunshades from um, Top Gun, and uh, when he falls off a, a Schwinn 18 speed, and he stops, and then he falls off the bike. Do you remember that? Yeah. I, I mean, presidents, uh, they're in the spotlight all the time. Gerald Ford it's, fell downstairs. I have bit my lip or cheek in the last several days or my tongue and maybe to not maybe say Gerald Ford, um you know we do i i have spilt a glass as a grown adult at a table of of 
sweet tea or whatever. I, it happens. People make mistakes, but they don't offer up word salads <laughs> as well. Yeah, anyway, it's going to be at Valley Forge uh, on today <laughs> uh, to talk about the attack on the Capitol because if anything similar. <laughs> it's the Continental Army encamped at Valley Forge I, I can't in 1777. Um, then on Monday, he'll be here in South Carolina. He'll be down in the holy city of Charleston at Mother Emanuel, mm -hmm. where he will, I'm sure, talk about what happened in June of 2015. And again, we don't belittle that. We don't make fun of what happened that day. What happened that day was awful, horrendous, and should never happen in a free society. Um, but to use that for political gain is a problem. Referring to Washington's decision in 1796 to relinquish the presidency as the ultimate precedent of American democracy, folks said that Biden will take the opportunity at Valley Forge to, quote, lay out the stakes of this election. Wait. Hold on. Are we accusing Donald Trump that he won't leave? Because, correct me, he, he left. left. Okay. With Trump seemingly cruising to the Republican nomination, many nervous Democrats will welcome the president's decision to sharpen his attacks on the predecessor. Although Biden has talked behind closed doors at fundraisers about the threat. Oh, sorry, that's F-U-N-D. I thought they were just fundraisers. Um, he's talked about the threat that Trump poses, but he hasn't been making that case consistently on a public stage. The ramp-up of these efforts comes as Trump has been parroting, and I'm quoting here, his unfounded claims that the 2020 election was stolen and using increasingly incendiary rhetoric. In the run-up to Christmas, uh, he pledged his supporters that he would, quote, root out the communist, Marxist, fascist, and the radical left thugs that live like vermin within the confines of our country. He also said that immigrants are poisoning the blood of the country. Uh, last week, he posted on social media account a word cloud featuring terms such as power, revenge, dictatorship, words that voters use to describe Trump. So he just posted what they called him. He's not saying he's those things. They're calling him those things. This writer continues on in the New Yorker to say, as the highest Democratic office holder in the land, Biden has an obligation to highlight these tendencies, and his campaign believes it will resonate with the voters. Now, here's the problem. If you're all about defending our sacred democracy, maybe you shouldn't do what North Carolina's doing. North Carolina's election board unanimously decided on Tuesday to accept the state Democratic Party's request to have President Biden as the sole Democrat presidential candidate. That's incorrect. There are at least three others. Marianne Williamson, the weird gym lady. Um, Representative Dean Phillips of Minnesota. And Shank Uger from the Young Turks. You mean Tom Steyer's not in it this time with the cool looking Tom belt? Tom Steyer's not, not dancing to back it up. No, man, he... Man. What a highlight from 2020, man. Belt. That's just before that's just before COVID wrecked everything. Like, mm, lasting memory of a pre-COVID world is Tom Steyer <sighs> dancing right down the street here. So the North Carolina board has said, well, these other candidates, Marion Williamson and Dean Phillips, have not been campaigning here. Therefore, they shouldn't be on the ballot. My argument is, wait, what? So... Mitch, I'm going to pose to you a question. Number one, you are aware because you are an 
educated electorate and you're an educated audience, you understand that we don't live in a democracy. Correct. We live in a democratic constitutional republic. Mitch, is it pro-democracy to try to remove someone from a ballot because mm. they're the leader of the opposition? Mm. Is that pro-democracy? Probably not. I, I, if and it, is it pro-democracy then to then have the leader of the of the country, mm-hmm. the elected leader, be the sole name on his party's primary ballot in not only North Carolina but in Florida as well? It almost seems as if they're funneling to a result. Here's hmm. my question. When you try to remove opposition from both sides... To keep authority. Is there a word for that? Well, there's a couple. Authoritarian. Mm. Um, Demagogue? Yeah. And for those that are doing it, I would um, offer sycophant. Emphasis on sick. Um, but, after all, most of this does come from the New Yorker. So, um, there's that. To the point... <laughs> <clears throat> and did you know, Senator? Sorry, did I'm you practicing. Know? <laughs> um, we're getting ready. We're getting close. We'll get to that story in just a second. The White House is having a tense podium battle. Oh, no. Is is KJP about to be replaced? This from Axios. We'll follow up on this. They share a podium and mutual frustration. White House Press Secretary Corinne Jean-Pierre and National Security Council's John Kirby frequently split the podium at media briefings. But behind the scenes, their relationship is fraught. Mm. With tension, White mm. House sources tell Axios. As President Biden heads into a tough re-election campaign, his top-ranking spokespeople are at odds while navigating a situation in which there's one press secretary in name, but two in practice. One for domestic policy and the other for foreign policy. Kirby, a Biden favorite, who has become the public face of the administration's response to the Israel-Hamas war, has told people he'd like to be White House press secretary one day. Here's the problem. He's not gay, I don't think. He's not a woman, I don't think. And he's not a minority, I don't think. Again, I can't assume all these things in today's day and age. Corinne Jean-Pierre has told people she plans to stay in the job through the election and beyond if Biden wants her. And he has asked her not to leave. They both keep appearing at the podium together for one reason. Joe Biden likes it. Well, I mean, it, Kirby has more influential uh, influence publicly and behind the scenes. He's developed a close relationship with the president. The president has frequently asked Kirby to personally brief him. That's interesting because usually it's the press secretary who briefs well, on certain things. Yeah. Overall, an overall briefing typically comes from the press secretary, ultimately the chief of staff yeah, as well, of yeah, course. Yeah. But John Kirby doing that. Senior advisor Anita Dunn recently had Kirby start traveling on Air Force One not just for domestic or not for just for international trips, but for domestic ones as well. In more than 30 press briefings and gaggles since Hamas attacked Israel on October 7th, Corinne Jean-Pierre has briefed reporters solo once. Really? During a gaggle on Air Force One. Kirby has accompanied her at every other briefing she has conducted except for three when she was joined by National Security Advisor Jake Sullivan. Wow. And he joined her for one of those because John Kirby was sick. He was Obama's um, Pentagon press secretary as well, from Jean- 13 to 15. Jean-Pierre still runs the press briefings 
and selects which reporters ask Kirby questions rather than letting him choose because power. The aides note that Jake Sullivan calls on reporters himself when he attends a briefing, a practice that began during Jen Psaki's tenure. A White House official who works closely with Jean-Pierre and Kirby disputed the notion that there is real tension, but several other White House sources say Jean-Pierre was wary of Kirby from the beginning. When Biden offered Corinne KJP the press secretary job in 2022, he awkwardly added that Kirby would also be joining and that they'd be a team. KJP left that meeting with Biden upset and confused about whether she had actually had the job and what Kirby's role would be. A White House official told Axios that it's overwhelming in a good way to be offered the prestigious job and that Jean-Pierre was not upset or confused. Ron Klain, then White House Chief of Staff, met with KJP to try to smooth things over, reassure her that she was the press secretary. He and Anita Dunn then worked to find an agreeable arrangement. National Security Council leaders then were told to their surprise that Kirby, the two-time Pentagon press secretary and State Department press secretary, would join their team. After haggling over what Kirby's role would be, the White House and the NSC settled on the title of Coordinator for Strategic Communications. Kirby, however, doesn't supervise or report to the NSC communications director. His role is more focused on public communications rather than coordinating messages across the administration. Jean-Pierre's relationship with her chief deputy, Olivia Dalton, has also been bumpy. Dalton has voiced frustrations that during her first year, when she didn't brief from the podium, despite several months of practice sessions. Okay. Many current and former Biden officials argued that Klain and Dunn are responsible for the current tension. Before she became press secretary, KJP didn't deal with many tough stories in the press and wasn't ex as experienced as Kirby or Saki in combative briefing environments. Jean-Pierre's defenders say the arrangement has undermined her from the beginning and made a difficult job harder. Some black Democrats in the administration say the situation was insulting because it suggested that the first black press secretary to represent the president needed super vision. Mm. The mouthpieces are fighting. Meanwhile, the president is trying to run for re-election. KJP's 49? I had no idea. She has the intelligence of a 12-year-old. Well, that's not fair. She's she's brilliant. 49? Yeah. She was born in 1974. You're making everybody that listens feel I'm old. shocked she was born in 1974. Well, you, yeah. if you were born in 74, you should know your age. Um... Yeah, she's got one child. She graduated from the School of Internal and Public Affairs, didn't know that was a thing, mm -hmm. and the New York Institute of Technology and Columbia University. And she's uh, married, quote-unquote, to Suzanne Malveaux. I think they're just partners. Well, they're definitely uh, not married. Yeah, I don't know. Not in God's eyes. Um, I, uh, yeah, well, so that's what's shoot, happening that at the federal the level. You want to go to the state level? Please. Why don't you elucidate us on Please. on House Bill four six two four? Yeah, the help not harm bit. help not harm bill coming to a subcommittee near you. <laughs> the the medical affairs. Uh, I'm sorry, the three M committee uh, and the subcommittee will meet this coming Tuesday. Um, that is January the 9th. It's about an hour and a half after adjournment. That's how the State House often does their post-session uh, meetings. They'll schedule them uh, certain time periods after adjournment. That way, uh, those around the State House grounds know. That can be somewhat frustrating to those who want to attend or want to listen or want to speak at those uh, hearings. Mm -hmm. But that's the way they do it. So we assume that this is going to happen around uh, 2.30 or 3 o'clock on um, Tuesday, January the 9th. And listen, 
this is monumental. This is significant for the House under the leadership of Speaker Merle Smith and Representative Majority Leader Davey Hyatt, who are the primary sponsors of this bill, to move so quickly on this shows us that they mean business when it comes to protecting children from the harms of transgender ideology and gender mutilation in the state of South Carolina. We're the only state in the Southeast that does not have these protections, and so it is at the behest of these representatives and then senators to protect children from the harms of what is happening in the transgender Movement. I, I know there's a lot of um, groundswell support for this. We've heard from several of our allies in the last couple of days as we've encouraged you to show up uh, at a press conference being held around 1 o'clock on the second floor lobby of the State House to, to support this piece of legislation and children uh, who could potentially be harmed by the transgender movement. Uh, there's a groundswell of support, but Justin, as you well know, anytime there's a controversial subject like protecting children, um, the left will also um, create a groundswell and a gaslighting fest such as if you know if this is not a problem you're creating a solution to a problem that doesn't exist which leads Justin to say uh, the bill uh, <laughs> is to amend the South Carolina code of laws uh, to define gender sex other terms and to prohibit the provision of gender transition procedures to a person under 18 years of age to provide exceptions to prohibit the use of public funds for gender transition procedures and to provide penalties to prohibit public school staff and officials from withholding knowledge of a minor's perception of their gender from the minor's parents, among other things. All right, Bubba Crummer. That, that, was, that was a pretty good Bubba Crummer Thank you. readout. I'm so, he's, he does it a I little bit faster. I missed him. I'm so excited for Tuesday. <laughs> I'm so excited. The, the house, house will be in order. order. Oh, my God. <laughs> you know, that's wild. Because on one side, it's the house will be in order because they're just like a bunch of alley cats. And then on the other <laughs> side, it's the Senate will stand at ease. It's it's two wildly alley, different worlds. Alley cats. Wow. Tell me now. Go go up over there Tuesday as we do, and tell me it's not. Anyway, um, so this is this bill protects children. Ultimately, what it does is it says you cannot perform gender transition procedures on children, minors under the age of eighteen. Uh, these people at the same time also cannot vote. They cannot buy cigarettes. They still can't buy alcohol. Can't buy Sudafed. Guns. They can't they do can't, any of that. They can't, I mean, they can't do anything that would influence or harm them permanently. Correct. Now, in steps the state newspaper. This headline. A slew of anti-trans bills were just filed in SC. Anti-trans. Not pro-children. Some target an issue that isn't happening by Anna Wilder. <laughs> Transgender issues could pretty be a major topic in the state house in 2024, judging by a slew of Republican-led bills. Nine bills pre-filed in the House pertaining to gender transition procedures, gender-affirming care, gender-assigned bathrooms, Bathrooms. By the way, a bathroom bill that a former governor said we didn't need. Hmm. Hi. 
and other LGBTQ-related issues signal that the topic of LGBTQ plus care and access could be one of the major talking points among legislators this year. More than one bill has been filed pertaining to surgery specifically, and one of them is championed by two of the most powerful Republican figures in the state. LGBTQ plus advocates, however, say the nine bills are cruel, and they bully youth. That's right, Midge. Mm-hmm. You Listen. Here, I'm, I'm going to break this down for you, and we're trying to keep this within time. If I say, you know what? I don't think it's a good idea for Johnny to have his genitals cut off. That is bullying. I'll go a step further. But if I say that Jane should have part of her arm surgically removed to create genitalia, that's a good thing. The left is also attacking, and 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 I'm not going to call any names or publications. The left is also attacking the ideology and the principle that Johnny is Johnny, yes, and Susie is Susie. Adam Pulaski, uh, spokesman for the Campaign for Southern Equality. I've never heard of them, but I'm sure we'll uh, see them in a couple uh, days. Oh yeah. At a time when there are many other priorities that I wish our legislators were focused on. Always. They always Name do them. this. Name them. Equitable Name treatment them. of children. Yeah, oh, good, always. good. Let's treat children equitably. Absolutely. Always. Let's not mutilate them. Singling out transgender youth and young people is a political game, I'm afraid. Hold on. Hold on. So... You wanting to advocate for this isn't a political game, but me wanting to stop it is. Explain that to me. A proposal dubbed the Help Not Harm Bill (laughs) would prohibit anyone under the age of 18 from receiving gender reassignment surgery. Any form of puberty-blocking drug or procedure would also be illegal. The bill is sponsored by House Majority Leader David Hyatt and House Speaker Merle Smith, as Mitch has already mentioned, along with uh, Representatives John McCravey, Celeste Davis, David Vaughn, Ashley Trantham, all Republicans. And I don't care about the Republican or Democrat. I just applaud you for co-sponsoring the bill. In addition, the bill would also require a nurse, counselor, principal, or teacher to tell a minor's parent if the child is dealing with any sort of gender identity struggle or, and they quote gender dysphoria here. They quote it. Mm -hmm. I wonder if they took that from our website. Lastly, the bill would prohibit Medicaid from covering transgender health care for people under the age of 26. Now, I don't want my state tax dollars doing this at all for anyone, period. That's a personal thing. No, it's it's a matter of principle. And it's a matter of principle. Johnny saying, is what Johnny. What I'm saying is, what I'm saying is, is I'm fine with this as it is. Now, Ultimately, I, won't, I don't want any transgender now, surgeries ever. I would argue that I would be okay with them getting um, therapy... To it's help different. them, it's different. I'd pay for the therapy gender. To help them. Yeah, yes, yes. Oh, well, we dysphoria. Have, we have mental health carve outs for everyone. Absolutely, and and I think that's okay. Davy Hyatt, who represents Pickens County, says he believes it's wrong to think that there are more than two genders. Yes. Twenty years ago, five minutes ago, that's not a controversial statement. Today, Hyatt Ooh. hopes this bill will be addressed right out of the gate. Well, yes, sir. It will be. Yes, sir. Uh, right away, sir. And thank you. Despite here, here it is. Here it is. Miss Wilder pins the pen to paper. Well, probably not. Fingers to keys. Despite the target of Hyatt and Smith's proposal, it's unlikely that gender reassignment surgeries are being performed on minors in South Carolina now, even without a ban. Mm-hmm. Okay, then. 
So if it's not happening, you won't mind me banning it. <laughs> Fair. Like if it's not happening, because that's going to be the argument. Understand it. This committee hearing on Tuesday, that's going to be the argument. You're going to hear it. You guys are making a mountain out of a molehill. You guys are are you trying to come up with a solution to something that's not even a problem. It's not happening here. Fine then. If it's not happening, you won't mind me passing a law that prohibits it from happening. To protect children. But and not even I, I, leave that alone. Just the logical just the logic of it says if it's not happening, then it's not a big deal if it doesn't happen at all. Yeah. Okay. Now you add on the fact that it protects children, that's a whole different level. I don't even know where to begin with this. With the 2024 election looming, uh, LGBTQ plus rights are uh, becoming a major talking point, she says. And naturally, here it is. Pulaski says, this is a fake issue. This is not something that needs time spent on. Honestly, the issue we have in South Carolina is access to health care, just general health care. You know, you know, we can do both. And Ivy Hill, the gender justice director for Southern Equality's LGBTQ Health Initiative, oh, I'm sure, I'm sure that mm, IQ high, said there are people who have moved out of South Carolina due to legislation targeting trans youth and other LGBTQ plus people. We're going to show up and fight every step of the way. It's really important that we make sure that trans kids... Can I, just, can I just say something? And you might not agree with this. There's no such thing as a trans kid. There's no such thing as a trans man or a trans There are woman. men and women. You are a man. You are a woman. You are a child. So that's happening in South Carolina. We'll keep you updated on that as the days uh, progress and certainly next Tuesday. Be glued to your phone and your laptop or whatever else you use to digest media. California. Final stories for today. No. On this Friday. We got because we gotta get out of here. We have a prayer event in just a little while. <clears throat> we do. As of January first, everyone, regardless of whether they entered the country legally or illegally, will qualify for Medi-Cal, the state's public health insurance program. This program has typically been reserved for people who are low income, families with children, seniors, Persons with disabilities, people in foster care, pregnant women. Oh, pregnant women. <laughs> what? And low-income people with diseases such as tuberculosis, cancer, or AIDS. Prior to the new rules, illegal immigrants were only able to access emergency and pregnancy-related care. However, surgical and non-surgical procedures that bring primary and secondary gender characteristics into conformity with the individual's identified gender, including ancillary services such as hair removal, are now covered as well. So, in California, you can cross the border illegally and receive a free sex change. Because that's why you came here. You risked life and limb to cross the border illegally to make sure that you could get a free, safe, is that, (laughs) free, safe, and rare? Yeah. Let's focus on the rare, if not, not at all part. Um, sex change, top surgery, bottom surgery. Wow. 
I like what you said at the top. Give me your tired, your huddle masses, and you know it's probably on the pedestal of the Statue it's, it's of Liberty down there. and and gender reassignment surgeries. The New Colossus was the poem uh, written by American poet Emma Lazarus. She wrote the poem in 1883, um, and the poem, the New Colossus. Not like the brazen giant of Greek fame, with conquering limbs astride from land to land, here at our sea-washed sunset gate shall stand a mighty woman with a torch, whose flame is the imprisoned lightning, and her name, Mother of Exiles. From her beacon hand glows worldwide welcome, her mild eyes command the air-bridged harbor that twin cities frame. Keep ancient lands your storied pomp, cries she, with silent lips, give me your tired, your poor, your huddled masses yearning to breathe free. The wretched refuse of your teeming shore. Send those the homeless tempest tossed to me. I left my lamp beside the golden door to light the way for you to get your genitals chopped off. <sighs> wow. The original manuscript, by the way, this is going to really tick some people off, is heralded currently by the American Jewish Historical Society. Let me ask you, do you think that, you know, and we're seeing some of this in Europe currently where there's a, uh, a resurgence of practicality and, and common sense when it comes to this issue. What do you think, is, and we didn't talk about this, so there's no, there's no lead up to this. I'm sorry for that. What do you think is the nexus or the, the catalyst for change in American thought to bring us back to a sense, not not of biblical reality, because I think that's ultimately where we should go, sure. but of common sense, that a boy's a boy, a girl's a girl, and your feelings don't get in the way of those two facts. Well, I think... I th or shouldn't get in the way of those two facts. That's an interesting question. I, I don't know what it's going to take. It's certainly going to take somebody from a... Because we're so politically charged now, it's going to take somebody yeah. from a high political office to effect some change. Um, it's going to take somebody unashamedly willing to stand up in front of the nation and say those things. The other question to ask here, and this is all thought exercise, and maybe if you have an answer to this question, I'd love to hear from you, Mitch, at palmettofamily.org. Um, how many people actually agree with gender reassignment Surgeries, chemical castration, um, gender-affirming care. How many people of the 330 million American and, and like citizens... million of those voted in 2020. How many of them believe that that is okay for children under the age of... Or for anyone at all? How many people actually believe that? Are you asking them if they believe that gender-affirming care is a good thing? Or do you believe you're at, or are you asking them do they believe that genital mutilation is a good thing? Because it's all about the phrasing. Just like someone says, do you do you agree with abortion? Do you agree with a woman's right to choose? But then once you start breaking down what actually right, takes place, right. people are less and less inclined to so, agree. With so, them. but I think that gender affirming care is the the foot across the threshold. Being very transphobic of right? of eventual either. Puberty and hormone blockers, which would lead to chemical castration or top and bottom surgeries. And again, we've talked about this before, the puberty blocking thing. And we don't give that to people before puberty. Well, then you're not blocking it. Y you have to. You have to. And, and, and you have to catch it early if you're going to block the puberty. Um, 
And I'm not a medical doctor, so I'm not a medical doctor either, that. but I have common sense. Um, I, it's I satanic. wonder how many. Yeah, yes, it, and it's another way that and satanic. and you know, imagine us taking um, a biblical tack on this. Sure, it's another way that the great deceiver, the liar, the prince and power of the air, is seeking to destroy the fabric. That holds us and binds us together. My theory, Justin, because I don't have factual evidence to back this up, my theory is there aren't as many people as the left wants you to believe that actually believe in this stuff. Like, if you go to your local grocery store, church, library, gas station, your local place, and you were to get a honest answer, if you invaded people's homes with a text message and said, on the complete basis of anonymity, do you believe that gender reassignment, chemical castration, or even gender-affirming care are okay for minors, that they that should be promoted for minors? I believe the majority of those that answer in the protected case of anonymity would answer no we don't believe it just like they would answer no we don't believe it's okay for a minor to hold a loaded gun or hold a bottle of alcohol or put their hand on a burning stove no we don't believe that's okay because you know what it is ultimately and i said this last night to a group of people and and i know this is controversial Anytime we allow a child to choose to make irreparable changes to their body that will last, I mean, irreparable says it all, that will last a lifetime and through some of these chemicals will cut their lifespan in half. Anytime we do that and as a society endorse it with or without the permission of their parents, you know what that's called? Child abuse. Mm -hmm. Child abuse. Child abuse. One final thing. We mentioned this on our last show that there is a new director of Star Wars. Um, Charmaine Obayad Shinoy. Um, an unearthed clip has gone viral on social media. Who, who would you say, Mitch, what demographic is most likely to be Star Wars fans? Well, uh, not to... Not to get too technical and specific, Just but base I, level. I would say... Um, Are men or women more likely? Men that? between the ages of 10, maybe 8, and 45. Yeah. Well, but but no, more. that's not true. No, 65, 65 because, because of because the 70s. Yeah. yeah. So if you're a fan of the actually good Star Wars movies, you like the original trilogy. Um, if you're a fan of these new ones... Episode 2, baby. That's where it's at. I said no one ever. <laughs> <laughs> Mm, that might be the, the worst love one. story. It is absolutely the worst one. The love story between mm. now, anyway. All, all right. right, so bad spoilers. Uh, <laughs> if you haven't watched, anyway, it, don't. Charmaine Obayad Shinoy is the new director of the Star Wars movies, and she, she said, "Quote: like, I like to make men uncomfortable. <laughs> I enjoy here, here. making men uncomfortable." It's only when you're uncomfortable and have to have difficult conversations that you will perhaps look at yourself in the mirror and not like the reflection. 
It's about time that a woman shaped a Star Wars movie. I'm sorry, has she not watched the original trilogy? What's one of the most recognizable quotes from Star Wars? Typically, Luke, I, I am your father. Yes. That's number one. But a close second is probably, help us, Obi-Wan. You're our only hope. Who says that? A, a woman in distress. Shocking. And but, by the way, the notice. new trilogy, the new trilogy, the centerpiece star Ray. is Ray. A butt kicking Jedi. No. Anyway, not getting into that. Not getting into that. <laughs> she's Wait. the hero. No, she's not. What? No, did she's we, not. Did we watch different movies? Adam Adam, no, she's not a hero. Adam Driver's not the hero. Adam Driver was should have been the hero. He's the anti-hero. He's the devil incarnate. And who did a better job? Exactly. James Earl Jones did a better job than... Okay, if you ask somebody to name their favorite character, we're getting into a different conversation here. If you ask somebody to name their favorite character in the Star Wars movies, the the number one answer is... (laughs) Chewbacca! It was asexual. The number one answer is Darth (laughs) Vader. The number two answer is probably Han Solo. (laughs) Sorry. Chew, Chewie's way down there. No! So are the Ewoks. Yeah, yeah, totally. I'm only messing um, around. And 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 <laughs> I think more people like Jar Jar Binks. No. The odds on favor of being the worst character in the in the pantheon of Chinoy's background is in feminist non fiction filmmaking. <laughs> I use Pantheon wrong. And so there. we put her in charge of Star Wars. Like what do we Okay. All right, fine. You want to make men uncomfortable? You want to make Star Wars a feminist utopia? That's fine. You thought the the newest trilogy was the least watched and the and the and the worst of the of the 9, 10 now if you count Rogue One. Get ready. Oh, Rogue One was awful. Okay, see so here's the problem. Rogue One is better than any of the newest 3. Hands down. Hands down. Are you talking been, about Star Trek or Star Wars? Made, you have been conditioned to believe that The Last Jedi is a good Star Wars movie. America has been conditioned to believe that The Last Jedi is somehow a good Star Wars movie. It's not. It's not. The ending of Episode 8 is good. When Luke- Yes, when it ends. <laughs> okay, yes. Luke getting seemingly pulverized, but he's actually not even there. I thought it was great. That's pretty cool, I guess. It was one of the biggest left hooks in all of the Star Wars movies. Sure. One scene. We're going into a different conversation here. (laughs) We are. We're going to have a day. I'm having fun. Where we break down movies. Oh, no. Not Star Wars, though. I can rank my Star Wars movies. I mean, could we do Rocky? Eh, I mean... But once again, that's a helpless woman. Yeah. Talia Shire and you're Could we do uh, the uh, the uh, the uh, the uh, Harrison Ford? Oh my goodness, Indiana Jones. Indiana movies? Jones, the newest one. No, <laughs> no. That's what I'm saying, like, Kingdom of the Crystal Skull is pushing it. It it um. Shia Buff. We are. <laughs> oh wow, we are diving. You know what movie I do want to see? Though we're getting out of here. You know what movie I do want to see? The new Wonka. It's a really? musical with Timothy Chalamet. I'm not a musical it. guy. I love musicals. I, I love fact, music. I love musicals. Phantom of the Opera, fantastic. What about Les Miserables? I'm not big on Les Miserables because they only sing. Because they're French. Um, that too. I'm a French. 
Never mind. I'm but, not going to admit I'm a Francophobe on but, here. <laughs> I'm an Anglophile. It, <laughs> Whoa. Yeah. Let's, I didn't know that about you. Yeah, certainly. I love the crown. Um, I'm having fun. So, I want to see the new Wonka movie. It looks very good. And it's, you know, it's it's sort of like a prequel. Gene Wilder or Johnny Depp? Gene Wilder. Yeah, for sure. The Johnny Depp one was a typical creepy. Johnny Depp, uh, Tim Burton style movie. It's very dark and creepy. I will say, though, nothing made you want to wet your pants more than <laughs> Gene Wilder in that weird Cosmos time where he's on the train. <laughs> that I, yeah, I've, I blocked that, that from my memory. I prefer the Gene Wilder who eats the buttercup. Good day, sir. You get nothing. And that's all the time we have for you today. On the fastest growing and strongest conservative talk show in the state of South Carolina. I'm balling Again, it up. brought to you by IBelievesc.net. Visit them today if you want to get your I Believe SC license plate. Enjoy your weekend. We'll be back here next week for the start of the 2024 legislative session. If you want to stay up to date with the session here in South Carolina, download the Palmetto Family Council app. Make sure you subscribe to our email newsletter, and we will talk to you next week. Have a great weekend. <laughs>